Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out, no matter how hard it rains. In my city. Hello, Seahawks fans, and welcome to the 272nd episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser. You can find me on Twitter at Hawk Blogger, and holy shit, folks, we have some fun to talk about. Oh my god! Miserable, miserable, disappointing openings to any season in Seahawks franchise history. This team does what very, very few believed they would be able to do this week. Not only do they win. They win in overtime after things went wrong. They overcome adversity. They win it with the players that caused them the problems last week. You've got Trey Brown. You've got Geno Smith. You've got so many stories in this game to talk about. We are going to break it all down. Dana O'Gorman at Dana OG is here to celebrate with us. And Dana, I know you may only be able to stay for a little while. And so I want to give you first go here at telling us how you feeling? How you feeling, Dana? Well, first of all, I want to say how impressed I am. How many years you've been doing these live streams with the games? Because I just did my second one for PSF. I'm freaking exhausted. It's I don't know. It's a lot. It's so much fun. We have such a good time over there. It's so fun to do it because the live reactions with the fans, I love it. But this game was a bit of a roller coaster, right? Like, so they looked really good and then it was just not great and then it was okay. But what stood out, Brian? The backup tackles. You didn't even notice them. You didn't. They played so well. I was shocked how well they played. I thought for sure Adrian Hutchinson was going to have a field day and Gino was going to be running his ass off the whole game. No, I couldn't get over it. And then you guys know me. I don't do well. I had to sit. I had to get up. I had to walk around. I screamed way too loud on the app. And I'm really sorry. I probably deafened a lot of people. (laughs) But it's just like, oh, my God, this this might be the team that we thought they were. Holy crap. It was just so fun. You know what? That's, that's part of it. Dana is like, we're like, we're analytical. We spend more time on this stuff than most people. We look at every little detail. We analyze every move, every decision, every player, every coach, every GM. And and that's part of the deal, but we're also fans. Like we're also fans. We get caught up in the emotion Mm -hmm. just like anybody else. And look, that first game of the season, it was hard not to leave that feeling like, man, I'm not looking forward to the rest of this year. I don't want to watch that team play Mm -hmm. 16 more games. Like Mm -mm. I don't even want to like turn it on. I don't want to take, you know, drive down and take the light rail or whatever else to go to these games and just be embarrassed like that. It's just, I didn't want that. I like, it's like, Oh my God. And then you start wondering about, man, it was, was I that far off on Geno Smith? I was so in on Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not even worried. The amount of people that asked me, Dana, you know, are, are, do you feel like Geno's got to prove himself again this year? And I'm like, no, I saw enough. I know who this guy is. And then that first game was worse than almost any game he played right. last year. Right. And you're like, uh-oh. And then the tackles go out and you're like, uh-oh. You think you're done. 12 yards and a half? Like, it was bad. And then to come in here, the Detroit Lions are a legit team. This is a legit playoff team. 
They are, they retired, a, they had a Barry Sanders statue that they unveiled. They're coming off a win over the Super Bowl champs on the road. They had their quarterback hasn't thrown an interception. And oh, well, actually, now he has, but like they had everything going for them. And I don't take a lot of joy because I actually have all the teams to beat. I, I have the most empathy for Lions fans. Yeah. Like I know how excited they were today and how many kids and fans are going home today disappointed. But it's a Seahawks win, baby. So <laughs> that was just fun. That was so fun. Uh, you talked so about the tackles. You talked about the tackles. Mm-hmm. You, you think about re- relative to the past game. Um, who else? Who else stood out to you in this game? Um, I thought the use of the tight ends was really good. I, I was impressed with mm-hmm. that. I, I liked the way that they used them. Um, Dan, who I do the the live with, he was like, "We need them out there more." And then he's like, "There they are. They just start showing up. They're great at blocking." And the funny comment that was made, and it's so true, I kind of forget about Will Disley sometimes. Like, I know he's there. I know he's on the team, but looked good. He did exactly what was asked of him today. The same with Parkinson. Um, uh, I I liked Witherspoon today. There wasn't a lot to like about the defense. They had a couple of great series and a couple of nice stops. Trey Brown, beautiful read on that ball to get the pick six. But um, I liked Witherspoon. I liked what I saw him. And I saw that you posted, Brian, on Twitter that his, you know, when he got taken for the, you know, the double move, that is a rookie thing. He's going to remember that. He's not going to forget it. And we would have seen that in preseason or the first game had he played then. So I think that was really good too. Um, But I, I can't get over Gino never was rattled one time and everyone made such a big deal last week about him you know going oh my god when Aaron Donald is running at him first of all I think he was oh my godding the offensive line not necessarily Aaron Donald but I would say that too if he was coming at it and you know Aaron Donald got fined for that so that's fine but the thing of it is is this this offense played the way we thought they should and I panicked a little when DK went to the locker room And then Woolen, which I'm waiting. I have um, Bob Condotta pulled up, so hopefully we'll we'll get something on him here pretty soon. Um, But I think that that made me nervous. And then Evan Brown, I'm like, oh, here we go. We even talked about, we're like, this could be the year we're we're snake bit, guys. This could be the problem year. And then boom, boom, boom. They all came back. They all came back except for Woolen. We're still waiting on that. But then Trey Brown, who I was not impressed with, stepped up. Yeah. I thought it was good. I, I loved... I didn't see too many things I didn't like from the offense. Um, one or two here or there. Um, again, you want Kenneth Walker to go forward. Please just go <laughs> forward. Just keep going straight. But um, the defense still has some things to fix, but they were just so much better this week. You know, it's funny you say about Kenneth Walker. I had my first, I'm curious if you had this as well. Mm-hmm. I had my first Zach Charbonnet moment. Okay. I had my first do I want Zach Charbonnet in on this drive in overtime or do I want Kenneth Walker? in? now mm-hmm. I know people are going to say that's nuts, but I really liked what I saw from Charbonnet on the drive prior um, where he was in for the whole series, all the way in for the touchdown. And he, he was more encouraging that he was, mm-hmm. he was running. He took the yards that were there. He ran through tackles. He broke tackles. He was good as a receiver out of the backfield He was not like, oh, my God, we've got the next great thing. I'm not saying that. But he was what I was hoping for, which is, you know what you're going to get with him. And you hope that you're going to get a couple broken tackles. And Mm -hmm. if he can start building a little momentum, I thought that was good. Uh, I think that there was another piece here. Dana, if I were to tell you before the game, if I was to tell anybody before the game that the Seahawks, would have six quarterback hits and the lions would have one in this game. I would have called you a liar. <laughs> you would have never believed me. Two sacks to one. The only sack, the only quarterback hit in this game for the lions was Gino intentionally, essentially mm-hmm. taking that on his worst play of the game. Like yep. absolute inexcusable, terrible. We'll talk about it a little bit, but I'll stick with the good for now. You know, but that was a Geno thing. That yeah. was not the offensive line. And so you've got one of the best offensive lines in the NFL playing at home with no crowd noise to deal with, going against a Seahawks defensive line and ru- edge rush group that did that nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yes, they had they had one of their tackles out too. But 
yeah, I, I thought that was a really, a really impressive job by the, the offensive line. I think that Gino was a big part of it. I think mm -hmm. Gino was masterful back there. I, I think, I think you got to start with Gino Smith in this game. I think so too. And I, to be honest with you, I'm not a fan of Shane Waldron's play calling as of late. I don't, there's nothing imaginative about it. I need, I, I get so jealous when I watch Dan Campbell call some of these plays because I really want some more, you know, um, creativity in it. Um, but the way Gino took control of what he had and he knew you know, they, they obviously had a great game plan going in. It's like, okay, we have these backup tackles. We have this. We saw this from them last year, you know, or last week against the Chiefs. I think that Gino running that offense did exactly what they needed him to do. I mean, I was super impressed with, like I said just a minute ago, his calm. He wasn't ever, he didn't never look skittish. And Gino isn't a quarterback that ever truly looks skittish. But last week, you saw him start to get a little skittish. None of that this week. He, they, it was a complete reset for him. I loved that. He deserves all the credit. I, I, I love it because I love I love Gino being our quarterback. I, I, I really do. I, I think he's a great person. I think um, he's done really amazing things on the field now for, for a year. And this is a guy that's easy to cheer for. And, and he made he made some amazing plays today uh plays where there were some third down conversions dana i didn't think there was a chance brian um you see this comment no, from al real oh al, i need you to god. screen cap that i need you to screen cap it and send it to me on twitter oh, oh my, my god. god i need to see this I do too. Uh, i'm looking i'm looking to see if i can find anything on uh twitter right <laughs> now so happy i'm not uh. even kidding is that real? Does anyone show if anyone would lie? I can't a, imagine that I would make a that. screen of this the, for anyone that's listening and not watching. Apparently, the Seahawks are celebrating in the locker room with blue ski masks. Oh my is God, that real? They're trying to make it. Why do we need a rivalry with the, the Lions? I don't know. But I'll take it at this. <laughs> oh, point. my God. That would be. Hilarious. Oh, no doubt. Brian, I'm sending this to you right now. OK, holy crud. I'm putting it in our chat. OK, oh, someone else just did, too. Okay, I'm looking oh, for it. I'll share it for folks goodness. if they're not seeing it. Once Evan I get did it. it. That's hilarious. Where did you put it, Dana? Oh, no. I put it in our chat. Oh, no. Oh, no. That is hilarious. Okay. Let's let's do a quick screen share here. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. It's wow. not. It's rude, and it's not nice. And as a mother, I would disapprove of this. Not as a fan. Thanks, Jen. Jen sent it to me too. Love it. Love oh my God. It. Love okay, it. Everybody. Who is that? Which number? That is 53? 35. Oh, 35? Who's 35? <laughs> oh my God. I love it so much. I don't love it. I think it's for no. No, you do. do you don't want to, but you do. I do, I do, I do. Oh, let's go. Yes. That's hilarious. And a couple other comments from chat. Yes, it was super, super chippy at the end. I kind of liked that. They looked so flat last week. Like they looked like what Brian was it? You somebody said it looked like Tyler Lockett would rather be selling real estate. I saw that somewhere. <laughs> it's just, so yeah. true. That, it's like, yeah, this, you know, I think that this game, I loved the passion. They knew what they needed to do. They knew they needed to get this win. They did. And I hate overtime games. All right, I got to go through a couple numbers here. Let's do it. Um, oh, by the way, the, the 49ers are already had seven to nothing. So, uh, yeah, there's that. But, <laughs> but Geno Smith, 32 of 41, 328 yards, eight yards per throw, two touchdowns, no picks, one sack, 116 passer rating. Seahawks on third down today go five for 11, which is perfectly acceptable. Mm -hmm. One for one on fourth down. So, all in all, they're 50% on high leverage conversion mm -hmm. situations. In the red zone today, the Seahawks go four for five, four touchdowns in five uh, opportunities. That was the difference in this game. And Dana, by the way, this wouldn't have been an overtime game if Jason Myers could make a field goal. I, I, I made a promise to my husband as I was walking in here that um, I would not discuss that because I didn't think I could not could talk about him and not swear. And I'm trying to save Evan's feelings, but oh my no, God. No, no, don't save Evan's feelings. No it one was just... That. 
I mean, ridiculous. They, but at the same time, he is a hot and cold kicker. Everyone talked about how good he was last year. Yeah, he was good last year, but can we talk about the couple years before? I mean, it's just the way it is with him. And, you know, I guess the, the point that people don't leave it up to your kicker. You're right. But he is a member of the team, right? So meh, I don't know. Wait, so so I'm seeing the, they're showing the, the Lions with three turnovers. And I've got to remember, there was the fumble right after halftime. Mm-hmm. huge huge turning point we got to talk about that Absolutely. there was the pick six what's the yep. other turnover that i'm forgetting three turnovers was it when they one of the times they sat i oh i'm so bad it says that uh amon ross saint brown had a fumble as well I'm trying to remember that uh no, they, they've got two fumbles that were lost. One by David Montgomery, which is, I think, the one right after half. And then the Amon Ross St. Brown fumble, which I don't remember that one. Mm-hmm. Um, fumble before half. Is there a fumble before halftime? What are they telling us in here? They're oh, saying no, that there's a fumble before halftime. I, I'm, I'm spacing on that one, to be honest. So uh, apologies there. Right but... before the half. Right okay. before half. I'm, I'm spacing. I honestly like usually I'm pretty good at remembering big moments, but I don't <laughs> I don't remember that play. Right. No, we um, uh who hit, was that I'm trying to remember? Was that uh who forced oh the on fourth down? On fourth down. So who uh, forced the fumble? That was Jaron Reed. I see. Someone's saying maybe it happened. Huh, interesting. Okay, in any event. So doesn't matter. Right. Um but let's talk about the play coming out of halftime. This was a big deal where the Seahawks had, um, you know, they were down. They only had seven points in the first half, Dana. Mm-hmm. So, like, they would, they had missed two field goals. It was really kind of a, you know, felt like another half of missed opportunities. The Lions were up 14-7. Um, then, and that felt like a deep hole, didn't it? 14-7 felt like a deep hole right then. Well, I it was did really because the, the Lions were getting the ball back um, at the end uh, to start the half. Jason Myers had missed a field goal, like his second. Um, and yeah, I, maybe I walked out uh, and didn't see this final play. Was yeah, That's Hail probably Mary. what happened. Mm-hmm. I think I walked mm-hmm. out of the room. That's why I, I missed that play. So this is the Hail Mary play. Um, anyway, so, so then very first play. The very first play of the second half, David Montgomery gets absolutely slammed by Uchenna Nuosu, who, by the way, shame on Fox broadcasters, Greg Olson, and I can't remember even what the other guy's name is, who were joking about the fact that they couldn't pronounce Nuosu's name. That was right. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you managed mm-hmm. to pronounce, and honestly, I can't, so I'm not going to try. Offensive lineman for the Lions who went down. Uchenna mm-hmm. uh, Nuosu is a Pro Bowl player for the Seahawks and shows mm-hmm. some respect, work some time. Like it's your job. But so anyway. here's the thing I, for those of you who maybe don't get, I, I, because I remember pro football writers, they send out a pronunciation guide every year of every player in the league. And it's phonetically spelled out and you can have that there. And I printed, I'm, we have it. And so it's like, no, you, you know exactly how to say that name. You shouldn't bother to look it up. It's rude. Yeah. Sorry. It, anyway. it was not a good look, but yeah. what was a good look was him forcing that fumble, Jaron Reed recovering it and the Seahawks going two plays one to Colby Parkinson for 20 and then Kenneth Walker in for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Dana, it's a new ball game. Yeah. And it 14, felt 14. different. Yeah. It really, it felt different because coming into that half, you know, we, we were talking, it's like, okay, so if they go get a touchdown and then it's 21 seven and you know, we're already like talking about how to dig out of a hole and it was boom. And that is the beauty of football. So many people write games off way too early because you, but it takes one play, right? That's all it takes. And then to Trey Brown to run it in one play gets you right back in there. And what I liked coming out of the second half is there was an urgency from the defense. There, there seemed to be, um, I hate to say a spark because that's the wrong word, but just a sense of urgency that, you know, again, we talk about the talent level of this defense, Brian, we, we know that there's not a ton of like high escalon, you know, players, but there just was this urgency, but the minute they do make a play like that, and then you go in and you get points off of it, it just changes everything about it instantly. And it, that is what I expected to see in the first, in the first game. I kept waiting. Mm-hmm. When is it coming? When is it coming? It didn't happen. Happened in this game. 
Well, and, and here's the thing, Dana. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my friends who were watching it, uh, and we were like, if the Lions score a touchdown on this first possession, this game's over. Over. Mm-hmm. It's over. Not only did they not score, but the Seahawks tied it. And good thing because the Lions did score a touchdown on their next mm-hmm. possession yep. after that to go up 2014. There was a pretty nifty play. Like, I respect the way. Dan Campbell called this game as, mm-hmm. as aggressive as he was on fourth down. I was really upset with Pete Carroll early on with some of his decisions. Um, you know, he might as well punt on third down. Like there was, it was like, what are you doing? It, it was really, really, really disappointing. But in any event, there was a great fourth down play call. I think this is one of the ones you're mentioning about being jealous of them. This was fourth and three at the Seahawks 11, where they run a misdirection play that looked like it was going one way and they pitch yeah. it to Amon Ross St. Brown going the other way. That was a very hard play to defend. Mm-hmm. And, it was a and great call. It was a great call. A really well designed play. They get the, the the first down there. There was a there were some weird, weird penalties in this game, Dana. Uh, Can we talk uh, about that for a second? So many, like baffling one. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, that's so, so one of them came on this drive. It was much earlier. It was back when um uh you know in Seahawks territory, mm-hmm. and they called a face mask on Trey Brown for tackling a receiver by the back of the helmet. Mm-hmm. The only, my only question is, did they have, did he have a handful in the front? Because otherwise no, that's not a face mask. No, from what I've always been taught is that you face mask means front, like literally face that mask face and pulling mask. down. Mm-hmm. And so grabbing the back of the helmet, I've never heard of that. Maybe that's a change that I missed, but that seemed like a really questionable mm-hmm. call. Mm-hmm. Um, the intentional grounding on Gino. Even the announcers were like, I have no idea what they're talking about. That that's not uh, yeah. Tyler ran the wrong route. That's it. Yeah, well, it exactly. Sense. Well, and, yeah. and, and here's the thing it says in the rule book, Gino, I, I actually, I have to admit when the play happened, my first thought is, are they going to call intentional grounding for that? Mm-hmm. And, but it says literally in the rule book, there has to be imminent danger of a sack. There is no one close mm-hmm. To Gino on that. It was a absolute missed call. We were going to hear from Pete Carroll this week, yeah. Dana, and that they got an apology from the, the NFL. Oh. Sorry, we missed that. I, I'm yeah. sure of it on that point. Yeah. And then you have to talk about the offensive pass interference on Colby Parkinson. What did you think of that play? I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I was like, what what I what are they talking about? I I didn't see it. It was so ticky tag. And and obviously I wasn't the only one. Lots of people on Twitter, lots of people in our chat. Lots of people. Uh, and then the announcers were like, mm, I'm not so. And they didn't even bother to ask Dean Blandino, which tells you something. <laughs> they didn't want to hear what Dean Blandino had to say. But yeah, I thought that was really bizarre too. There was, and I will, someone said there was bad calls on both sides. I will agree. There there was a couple of, um, that probably shouldn't have been called on the Lions too, but that just goes to the tone of officiating. But it makes you wonder when it's an important play, that intentional grounding, that's a huge play. And you're going to call that then it's like, that's when you're interfering with the game too much. It, it was, it was highly questionable. Pete Carroll is doing his post game mm-hmm. interview right now. Um, I'll give you a couple updates here. Uh, you know, he, he, he starts by saying there's a lot of people that wrote us off because they didn't think that stone Forsyth could get it done. And Jake Curran could get it done, but they did. They did a phenomenal job today. He mentions about DK getting, um, getting hurt early coming mm-hmm. back and finishing this game. He ends up being the leading receiver in this game, uh, which is a big deal. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk more about that. Um, classic Pete. We were ready to show we can play anybody anywhere, anytime. Mm-hmm. Pete's back to big swinging Dick Pete, you know, like cock of the How rock. How pissed he was on the sideline during that intentional. I thought his head was going to explode. It was For so good annoying. reason. You're, yeah. you're, you're like, you're, absolute reputation and your team he doesn't care about his reputation but like his team's reputation is on the line and they're battling and to have that call was just absolutely trash Mm -hmm. um he does admit we needed this win badly they did and he says we know what happened last week dana yeah yeah they got uh news Carol said that Reek will hurt his shoulder a little bit. He'll be okay. We will figure it out. So okay. they're going to baby step him for a minute. But you know what, Trey Brown? Hello, kid. You walked right into that spot. So let's talk about Trey Brown's day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this was big because as you said, Reek was hurt. And what was your, how did you like Trey had it, you know, some moments both ways, but what was your take? When they said Trey Brown was in, I was like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I was not thrilled. It was not thrilled. Um, but I think he had a little something to prove too, you know, cause they let Woolen go right in there and, and, or I'm sorry, Witherspoon go right in there. And he, he wants to have a place on this team. And I will tell you that one of them needs to be across the middle. Cause they were still gutting us across the middle there. But, um, but I thought that he did. Okay. I thought he, I'm not trying to be a Debbie downer. Cause that's just not who I am. I, I think he could play better, but I think he played way better than I thought he would. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, yeah. I, I've been a very big proponent of Trey Brown. I, I really, really liked what I saw from him as a rookie. I think that he People showed like some him. good things in the mm-hmm. preseason that made me feel like he's back. I think that it's easy to lose confidence and that corner mm-hmm. spot, get beat and not come back. For him to get that pick six today, Dana. That was huge. You know, that's my favorite play. (laughs) I would say as much as that was great, his best play of the game was later when he came over and knocked down a a pass Mm -hmm. uh, downfield from Goff. That was a beautiful, beautiful um, pass defense. So, yeah, he was not perfect today. I think he gave up a touchdown and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But but there was things to build on for, Mm -hmm. for Trey Brown today, and that was great. On the flip side... Kobe Bryant and Julian Love, man. Julian Love had one or two decent plays, but he really, his tackling was horrific. The tackling in general in the on the defense was not good most of the game. Let's just be honest about that. But Julian Love and Kobe Bryant, they their hands were coated in butter. They couldn't hold on to anybody for the life of them. And I don't know if they were just in a bad position. I don't know what it was, but they need to spend some time with the tackling coaches because this is it was awful. There were so many, so many plays where they had the lines behind the first down marker and they just let them slip through their fingers. It was infuriating yeah. to me. Yeah. Well, you had, this is one of the situations where tackles are very misleading. Mm-hmm. Julian Love leads the team with 13 tackles. I would have never low. guessed that today. Never. Well, but they're not good. That's the <laughs> fact that he's getting beat and he's tackling the guy after he's been beat. Fair. So, you know, how many of his tackles were close to the line of scrimmage? Probably almost none. Mm-hmm. Um, not a great game for him. Uh, but like back to Trey Brown, he ends up with not only two passes defense, but he also has the pick six and he has a sack. So you know, that's right. Oh my God. Can we talk about that boneheaded play from Daryl Taylor oof. goes in? I know that Goff looked like he had the ball still, but come on. That was so bad. It was, it looked pretty bad. I admit it. I don't, I don't understand them calling it roughing the passer. I think it has to be a passing play for that. I can understand personal foul, like uh, unnecessary roughness or something like that. But uh, I assume I'm going to assume best intention here that, I mean, Goff was holding it up against his chest. He was, he had his hands like this. Yeah. And it was, and his back was to Taylor. If Taylor somehow didn't see, then I think it's a, it's unfortunate, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's dirty. Uh, it looked. Dirty. I don't think it was dirty either. It was boneheaded to me. Yeah. It's like it was just a boneheaded play. It was what I would call a tunnel vision play. His eyes were only on the quarterback, paid no attention to what else was going on on the field. And I don't know. It's like, come on. And you saw Bobby chewing his ass afterwards and then patted him on the head because he likes his fight. So. Well, let's talk about Bobby, right? Like. Yeah. I have to admit, Dana, and I know you're you're the perfect person to talk to about this. <laughs> when I heard about Bobby gathering the team before one of the practices this week and yelling at them, cursing them out, mm-hmm. telling them to get right, I'm like, I'm happy you're doing it, Bobby, but that doesn't matter for this team. Like, it's not going to be the difference. Really? No. For me, that's like, uh, you're going into a, a literally a lion's den, and I think I think it's going to be more about whether you can play well than whether your mind's right. Mm-hmm. I thought Bobby had a big impact on this game, not just with his play, but his leadership. I think so too. And I think that that did matter because like we have mentioned, the team looked so lackadaisical in that first game. Like they just had, they were like, well, shit, we lost to the Rams. We're kind of used to that, whatever it may be. Right. Yep. And so I think that they needed that. And in another situation where they had fought their butts off and still just stunk and looked terrible, but they didn't that you I saw that Tyler, you know, was just sitting on the sideline. No one seemed to care. And so I think that that, that is 
probably, I don't know. I don't know, Bobby, what he saw and what he was not going to tolerate. And it was different. They were fired up. Yeah. Oh, Jen says in comments, I don't know if you want to put that up there. DK having to calm Bobby down on the line sideline. That was funny. Bobby was going. That's that true. Play. It was. That, I was like, what are you yeah. doing, Bobby? Like, you're going to get a penalty here. Don't do it. it. I know. I'm like, no, 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 no. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> Knock it yeah. off. Yeah. It was very, very scary. Because I, when Bobby gets that mad and then Pete had been mad, flags usually fly at that point. Yes. And I just didn't want anyone to screw it up. Yes. Um, uh, I'm going to exploding. throw something to you for a second because I got to go check on my kid who I think is w walking around somewhere he shouldn't be. Uh, I'll be right back. But talk to me for a second uh -huh. about talk to me for a second about the run defense today, which mm -hmm. uh, ends up giving up 100 yards, but only 102 yards on 3.8 yards per carry. I think that that's progress. I'm curious what your thoughts mm -hmm. are. I, I think it was progress too. I, what I saw last week, I was very happy with, I liked what I saw coming out of the run defense, but then in my mind, it was at the cost of them doing anything in mid-level throws and in secondary. They just, they were so focused. I thought on the run that they didn't then have, they weren't focusing any personnel on those, you know, crossing routes and that sort of thing. So I think that that was huge. Um, so this, what I saw this time is the run defense still good, but they did manage to figure out a little bit more of that protection against the, the run. I mean, excuse me, the, those crossing routes and some of that midfield stuff that they just left wide open to run all day long. So I liked the fact that they still had a decent run defense, which it wasn't as good as last week, but a decent run defense. Um, but they managed to get that balance a little better. Uh, at least it was improved to my eyes. I haven't looked at the stats yet, but it looked I, I agree. I, I like this was night and day difference run defense for me with this team for last year. This is two weeks in a row. Yep. Uh, and now they went against a very good offensive line this week, mm -hmm. a power offensive line. I'm going to pull up really quickly just to double check. But I mean, this, this, um, this Lions team is is solid in running the ball, has two good running backs. Now, they did lose somebody. Um, you know, they lost David Montgomery partway through. Yeah, but that sucks you know, for them. He's a good kid. Yeah. Um, Jameer Gibbs is everybody's, you know, cat's meow. Everyone's talking about how they have to get more touches. And they, mm -hmm. they absolutely held him down in this game. He had seven carries for 17 yards, 2.4 yards a carry. There weren't the explosive plays. People have forgotten. So fast, Dana. They have forgotten last so fast year? how bad last year. It wasn't mm -hmm. it wasn't about giving up a hundred yards. Dana, they gave up a hundred and forty plus yards on the ground in eleven of their seventeen games. It was so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. So this was way better. Bobby, I give him a ton of credit. He and Jordan Brooks, the difference between those two and Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton last year. <laughs> I mean, oh, Cody Barton, I, oh, let's not, I could just talk about that, Dana, the people that it, I love the people on that are their Cody Barton fans still, but the people trying to tell me that he was good and he had like the worst, uh, PFF grade of any player on the, the commander's defense is like, yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about Mr. Weathers Witherspoon for mm -hmm. a second. Like you, you mentioned him a little bit earlier mm -hmm. and my take was pretty good. Pretty good debut. Mm -hmm. The mistakes that I saw from him were mistakes I would expect from someone playing their first game on the road that didn't get any preseason snaps, mm -hmm. uh, missed a lot of training camp, and showed some savvy. Like it, there was there, I thought he played a better game than what we saw from Trey Brown or Mike Jackson last week. Oh, I think so too. And I I think I've told you. I I know I've told other people that I was. I wasn't as hyped for the Witherspoon, you know, premiere as everyone else was. And that was mostly because I hadn't seen him play. I went after they drafted him and watched some of his stuff. I'm not a huge college football watcher unless it's my Montana state. But other than that, I don't watch a ton of college ball I'm trying this year. Um, but I think, so I wasn't as hyped as everyone else. So I wasn't sure what we would get. And then I saw a couple of plays in, I'm like, Oh, I get it. I get what, why he was picked so high. I get it now. And I had faith that he was good. I mean, everyone said how fantastic he was going to be, but I think you're right. What we saw were a couple of mistakes that would have been fixed in the mid season, right? Or, I mean, sorry, in the preseason. And then 
you know, shaking that out a little bit more. But if he played this well, the first time he set foot on an NFL field, the game wasn't too fast for him. He understood what he was looking at. He got it. Oh my gosh. The sky is the limit with this kid right now. As long as he can stay healthy. I'm saying it right now, Dana. Oh, he's getting his first pick next week against Bryce young. At oh, home. absolutely. It's happening. Yeah. I'm calling it right now. And we might here's the other thing, Dana, you are the perfect person to talk with this about oh. as well. Tell me that Jamal Adams won't be a big upgrade over if Julian Love is now taking a seat. And I was dead wrong because I, mm -hmm. I really thought Julian Love was going to come in and be a huge upgrade coverage, just be a solid player. But he has mm -hmm. been pretty disastrous so far. Yeah. I think Jamal Adams in this game, I think would have been big. And if you had Julian Love as your third safety, Kobe Bryant then is not getting as much time like I think the less snaps for Kobe Bryant, the less snaps for Julian Love, and the more snaps for a guy like Jamal Adams, who is a good tackler. Yes. I, I'm I'm there for it. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. And it's just, it's a domino effect, right? You, the more talent you have at the top, then the, you filter out the not so talented at the bottom. And and, and I think that that what's gonna happen is that those those middle throws across the middle, those crossing routes, those are something that Jamal Adams thrives on, or at least he did and the way they were using him. And I think that we'll see him so much more there, but he's going to make everyone in the secondary better because I do truly believe that one of the reasons why the Legion of boom was so good. So many of those secondaries are good is because a, they already know what their other teammates are going to do and B they don't feel like they have to babysit players. Like, is he going to miss that tackle? Is he not? And I think that's where Quandre gets into some of the, and I'm, that's not me defending Quandre. He, he can definitely play better again, second game of the year, but if you get someone in there who he doesn't feel like he has to babysit, I think that that will be a huge, huge step up for everyone. Because what you saw in those really good defenses is they already know someone has it covered and they're not constantly looking over their shoulder. I agree. I agree. Uh, a different real quick breakout um, topic. Dana, the New York Giants disastrous it is now 54 to nothing over their first two weeks of the season um they, they have lost 40 to nothing today? last week it is now 14 to nothing the arizona cardinals over the new york football giants the cardinals that is can you imagine if that holds up i'm flying to new york tomorrow for work the conversations you need, to on, you need to listen to some sports right now. be rough. Wow. Um, Holy cow. Yes. Yes. And for people interested, the 49ers and, and Rams game is 10 to three San Francisco. Uh, the Rams do have the ball um, right around midfield. So they're making it interesting. We'll see. We'll get to that game soon. Um, I really need the Rams to play well. So that I don't feel as bad about last week. <laughs> you know what? We've already got that with the way the Seahawks played this right. week. I'm good. I think we can we both just say like last week was the Seahawks laying an egg. They, they, there's no way the Seahawks can be as bad as they were last week and as good as they were this week. Like those two things aren't possible. Mm -hmm. So generally, my logic is when you show the good against a good opponent, mm -hmm. then I take the bad against a mediocre opponent and I just assume you didn't. It was a trap. That week. Like mm -hmm. it's and it's a division game. I, you know, division games are so 50-50 half the time anyway. I really believe that. Division games are just at a different level. Most people understand that. But I think that um, I, I think there was an assumption by many, including the entire Seahawks team, of how bad the Rams were going to be. And it kicked their ass last week. And this week, they're like, we will not do that again. And that's what we need. We need a Seahawks team with a chip on their shoulder, something to prove, thinking they're the underdogs. That is when they play their best. Agreed. All right. Let me make a couple more shout outs uh, here. Um, I thought that um, Mario Edwards flashed a couple mm -hmm. times today. It wasn't huge, but he was in the backfield. Mm -hmm. He had a tackle for loss. He did all right. Um, I thought Jarek Reed deserves a shout out fantastic coverage as a gunner on special teams we have not had fantastic gunner play on special teams for a few years um if he can be that that's a big deal paired with michael michael dixon deserves a shout out today michael dixon three punts 152 yards averaged 51 yards per punt 
including a 64 yarder. This guy punted the hell out of the ball on the back of the end zone, gave the Seahawks a chance to, mm-hmm. to even after Geno's play. So I thought Michael Dixon had a, a really admirable game. Um, other guys, uh, I will say on the other side, Quandre Diggs, he had a big hit. So it was nice to mm-hmm. see that he actually started to like woke, woke up. He is not affecting the game the not way much. I expect him to, to affect the game. This reminds me a little bit of last year in the early part of the year. So I hope he gets gets going. I thought that the linebackers struggled in coverage again. Um, we're, like Bobby and Jordan, there's a lot of running backs and tight end plays that were not great. Um, Does that and- come from poor line play, though? I don't think so. No, no okay. I, th- I think this is, I think this, that was my read at least. Mm-hmm. I thought that the linebacker struggled in coverage today. Um, and then I mean, go back to the receivers. Like we barely talked about Tyler Lockett. I mean, is there anything more typical, more typical than Tyler Lockett walking off the game in overtime with a touchdown and we haven't mentioned him yet. I know because that's Tyler Lockett's life, right? And <laughs> that no one mentions the thing. The guy that he had does. two touchdowns. Oh today. my God. Amazing. Amazing. And who else would you want to throw to? I mean, nothing against, you know, JSN or I, I know a bunch of people wanted JSN to get their, his first touchdown. I get that. But and DK is a beast. But DK, anytime he's near the at least Last year, I haven't looked at these two games. Last year, anytime he was anywhere near the end zone, there were two defenders on him at all time. It's because he's so big, right? And so, and then not an excuse, but it just is the way it is. So Tyler's your shifty one. He's the one that they only need one guy on because he's yep. so little, right? And then it bites him in every single time. Amazing. Amazing game from him. I think we did not give DK enough credit. Six catches for 75 yards, six mm-hmm. catches and six game. targets. He made some terrific catches the early in the game that almost was a touchdown where he got hurt. But then even the third down throw, I think it was an overtime. It was. Oh man, Dana, my heart, my heart, my chest is in pain after that game. I like for a game that I should have had no expectations. I was, my heart was pounding in that game. DK made big plays. Other guy I want to shout out. Like you mentioned the tight ends. I want to go with you. Noah Fant. Mm, he looked good today. He had big, big yeah. game today. He had their biggest play, 31 yards. He had multiple catches. Colby Parkinson had some big plays today. Uncle Will, Will Disley had some big plays today. Uh, and yeah, JSN, this was a this was a building block game for JSN. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a flash game, but it was five catches, six targets, 34 yards. Nothing spectacular, but you know, when you've got DK going six for six, mm-hmm. Tyler going eight for 10, and then Jackson going five for six, you've got, what's the quick math? You've got 14, 19 out of uh, 22 targets to the receivers. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of efficiency you want to see. Right. So like, I think JSN can build on this. So, so like, there's a lot of guys that deserve a little bit of, of love um, mm-hmm. other than Julian Love. Um, for this game and last thing I'll ask you and then we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll all go have our afternoons um, what about the coaching staff we were, we railed against coaching staff last week you talked about Waldron I think you're right not that creative uh, hard to fault him overall when you've got no offensive tackles to start and you put up uh, almost 400 yards of offense and 37 points. Oh no, I, I'm not mad. I'm just saying the creativity I think is lacking sometimes. I, yeah. I, I don't think he, I mean, he called an okay game today. He called an efficient game and really isn't that what you want. I just like some of the creative stuff that Dan Campbell does and a couple other coaches around here. Oh, the Rams tied it up. See, I'm already feeling better about last week. You have no idea. Um, And so I think that that that's what I meant by that. Um, Clint hurt this game made me feel a little better about him. Um, I think that last year I knew they wouldn't fire him. They were going to give him one more year to try and write this ship. Um, and, and I still think that there's a lot of missing pieces in that defense and they really still need to trade for a pass rusher. I'm going to stay with that or get one somewhere. But um, I just think that I think I did not like what I saw in the first half, but I think the halftime adjustments were good done well. I think that they did increase and er, improve and get better in the second time um, in the second half. And so does he get credit for that? Sure. Absolutely. He does. Um, But I think that 
again, I have to remind myself, second game of the season, it is my mantra. You don't know who a team is until game four to six. You just don't. And so to see this big of a jump of improvement, that's encouraging to me. I'm, I am way too emotional, Dana. I mean, let's just be totally honest. My mind already, my mind's looking and drifting at the scoreboard and I'm like one and one. We're going to beat Carolina at home. Mm -hmm. We're going to be two and one. We're going to, the Giants, we're going to New York. We're winning that game now. We're three and yeah, one. Unless they're zero and three, and then they have some crazy game. Anyway. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. But uh, someone mentioned in chat, Draymond Jones. I think that's a good call out. Draymond Jones uh, had two plays. Everyone's going to talk about the sack, which is fair. He had a play where he knocked his guy on his can mm-hmm. um, that interrupted, that that, that caused a, a play at the goal line not to work out for Detroit. So I think there was a couple plays that Draymond Jones showed up, but generally still. Is that enough for what we're paying No way. No No way. But so frustrated in the first half with him. So frustrated. I mean, Dana, when you're in the desert, a thimble of water, you know, you'll take it. You'll take it. Congratulations, Draymond, for being our thimble of water. (laughs) That's that's what I'm saying. And and then um, the only other thing I'll say from a coaching and just performance standpoint Mm -hmm. is. The Seahawks, it ends up looking not as good as it could have. So third down last week was a disaster. 11 for 17. The Seahawks were dead last in the NFL in third down conversions against. Um, at one point in this game, they were, they'd given up two for two. So it was already to 13 for 19 on mm-hmm. the season. And then they stopped the next four. Mm-hmm. It was three for seven. It ended up that Detroit was six for 11, which unfortunately still isn't good. Anytime you're giving up 50% or more on third down, it's mm-hmm. not good. But they did hold them to one for three on fourth down. You put it together, you know, it's it's uh, seven for 14. So 50% still not good, but progress. It was. Yeah. It felt like there was progress on third down. It felt like it was a little bit less hopeless. There weren't these like bust wide open passes mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep, still that want to was see a lot better there. We still want I do want to see him get better, but I was encouraged that I mean we always we knew that they knew it was a problem, but it seems like they're trying to they're starting to figure out some schemes for that and and trying to make that better. So again, that's another thimble of water, I guess. You know that yeah. they're get they're getting better. Um but at the same time to the fan eye, to the naked eye without even looking at the stats, it felt like they were tougher. The defense was tougher this time. It was harder for the Lions to get these instead of, oh, it's third and nine, but we're going to get, you know, 30 yards. And and so that felt that to me felt like an improvement, too. They were still managing to get the third down, but it felt like it was third or like first down plus a half a yard instead of first down. I think that's a great call. And yeah, the actual without Boye Mafe and Devin Mm -hmm. Bush and some other guys that can be helpful. I thought Cam Young. He came in for just a few snaps and he had a tackle for loss. I think I thought he, yeah. he showed up. So maybe he'll get a few snaps. Uh, defensive tackle play has not been the main issue for the Seahawks. And it's where I think a lot of us thought there would be the main problem. Um, but yes, they need to get a pass rush. It's a really big part of how this team's mm-hmm. going to actually be relevant. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Dana, um, let me just say for folks that haven't already, please give the show a like. We appreciate it. Subscribe to the channel. Most importantly, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up right now. Get immediate access to the Slack channel where the conversation uh, is popping right now. And we'll it continue. never stops. It never stops. Never stops. It is such a great group in there. You can be part of it. Um, very quick to get in there. And you get to ask us questions each week. And we give away tickets to games. And all the proceeds go to charity. We've donated over $260,000 to amazing causes over the years. You can be part of what is, I think, the best community in Seahawks fan communities, I guess, would be the the, the group we're talking about. So give a like, patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up now. Dana, last closing thoughts for you. I Pure joy, first of all. And because a win like that just boosts you so much. But also, I'm. it's almost a sigh of relief. The improvement was there. The win was there. What we thought this team would be now seems to be coming to light. So I'm happy. Love it. Love it. For me, all oh hail. 17 nothing Arizona. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The Giants. I, I, yeah, we'll have to go look and see what's going Sorry. on there. Anyway, 
Uh, for me, I'll hail Geno Smith. I, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, there was a lot of talk about, okay, he's had bad half of the year and now it's like however many games in a row that yeah. anyone that said he's had bad games. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. It's time to quiet, quiet yeah. down yes. and it's time to get on board. It's time to get on board and just know that this guy, he had so much working against him today. He was the number one reason, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. this team wins. There is zero chance that if Drew Locke was in there, <laughs> they win this game. I think there's zero chance potentially that there's a lot of quarterbacks that could have been in there after what happened last week with these tackles, making the calls at the line of scrimmage, making adjustments, making the correct reads, having the just stones to make these throws mm-hmm. in clutch situations to convert. This was a Geno Smith revival game, and I loved, loved, loved it. So let's hope the boys get healthy. Let's get Jamal Adams back on the field next week. Yes. Let's get Devin Witherspoon gaining momentum and gaining confidence. Let's get the tackles. Charles Cross maybe back next week. We'll have Jason Peters if we need him. We'll have, you know, let's mm-hmm. build. Let's build. Let's get Zach Charbonnet. Let's get JSN his first touchdown. Let's just go. So, like, now the monkey's off your back. Now the season has started. Now let's go. Let's go. Let's go have some fun. That's that's my walk-off for you. Absolute thank you to Dana O'Gorman, at Dana OG on Twitter, for putting up with all my craziness in post-game and keeping us company. Um, please follow her. She's got great material as well. And I'm Brian Emhauser, at Hawk Blogger. You can find me. Um, go to patreon.com slash Hawk Blogger. Sign up and join the Slack channel. We'll talk to you all soon. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Go Hawks and go Rams. Hey, folks. This is Brian Emhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. I want you to know that Real Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. Have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. And then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Gets you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tail the tape, morning after articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks.